God, I thank you that no matter where we are watching this from, listening to this from, that your presence is with us right now in this moment. Let us be reminded right now, the presence of our building does not change our lives. It's the presence of our God, and we have that with us right now, no matter where we sit, no matter where we stand. And I pray, God, that that you would speak to every single one of us about our lives, that you would encourage us, that you would remind us about the reality of your kingdom, the reality of your control over every aspect of our lives in the midst of some of our greatest uncertainty. And I thank you for that. God, I pray you blow away our expectations today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Church. I love you, church. I miss you guys. Normally, we say hi to about nine locations. Today, we say hi to thousands of locations. And so no matter where you're at, your house, your car, your office, that treadmill, that hike, your tent, wherever you're at, you're a location today. The presence of God is with us, and I'm telling you, he's going to speak. We got a few staff members in the building today, but we can't wait until we're allowed to open this thing up and do church with every single one of you again. But until then, man, we send our love. We love you. We believe in you. And we're so glad you're joining with us. So welcome to Red Rocks Church. You guys can have a seat. If you're joining with us for the first time today, even though you're joining online, which truthfully, I kind of like. For those of you who are checking out church for the first time, I like that you don't have to come to a building a little bit. I like that you can stay at home and stay in your fat pants or whatever you're wearing and, and eat and drink whatever you, and, right? And you don't, gotta, you don't have to brush your teeth and you're in church. I love it. But even joining us for the first time virtually, you've got, you probably have some thoughts about what you expect to see or hear when you check out a church. And my prayer all week has been that whatever you experience today, that it would blow your expectations in a good way out of the water. Right, Because every now and then you go somewhere and you, you see or hear something and it's not what you expect and you're not exactly sure what to do with it, right? Conrad, I was at Starbucks drive through this week. Just minding my own business, doing my own thing. I like a good afternoon cold brew. It's, it's spiritual, isn't it? I was going for the hard stuff. I was getting a nitro cold brew and apparently the the cold brew tap was running a little slow. And so this really nice young man at the window started chatting me up. I wasn't even bothered. I was like, I'm impressed. He's like, so what are you doing tonight? I was like, talking through your mask, you know. I was like, I'm going to my son's football practice. And he goes, huh, football you say? I said, I say. He goes, I'm not really a football guy. I'm more of a basketball guy. I go, you don't say. He goes, I don't say. <laughs> and we're just chatting it up. And all of a sudden he goes, he goes, you like sports? I go, I do. Thank you for asking. I like sports. And he goes, you ever, you ever play any sports? And, and, and then he threw on this little statement that took me by surprise. He threw just this little statement he added at the end of his question. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't stopped thinking about it since he said it. <laughs> he said, I bet you like to play some sports, didn't you? Back in the day. Okay, I see that there's a little gray here, brah. 
but I will jump out of this truck and dunk on you right now, Randy, all right? Back in the day. Wasn't what I expected, you know what I mean? And I didn't know how to take it. In a good way, what I hope is every single one of you that are joining us today, whatever your expectation is, I hope God blows it out of the water. I believe he's gonna speak to you so clearly about one particular aspect of your life today. He's gonna speak to you through a message, through a verse, through a song. I believe you're gonna walk away from this experience uh, encouraged and, and lighter and more confident in Jesus' name. Anybody with me? Amen. We're starting a new teaching series today called Kingdom Culture, and, and it is going to be, as you can see, swagtastic. Guys, this t-shirt, they, they had this rush order just so I could wear it to tease you a little bit. Wait till you see the Kingdom Culture capsule that is coming out. It is going to blow away all the swag we've done in the past. I'm telling you, we got t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, we got hats, we got shorts, we got socks, Luke. You want to talk about a revival? We got socks coming. So here in a couple weeks, we're going to open up this online store, and you can go berserk in it, but we're going to tease you with some of that swag for the next couple weeks. This series is going to be swag-tastic. What, what is kingdom culture? Let, let's break that down for a second before we get into it, because we're going to spend a few weeks here. Kingdom is, is if, if, if you look into the word of God, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven where I came from, I actually came to this world just to bring you a slice of it. About 2,000 years ago, he began the process of bringing the kingdom of heaven down to earth. He said it like this. Luke 4.43, he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that's why I was sent. He said, that's why I came. I came bearing real good news, and it's going to bring part of the kingdom from heaven to earth. And in case you're joining us, and in case you don't know this, I want you to know one of the reasons our church exists is to make sure that you know exactly what the good news is. And the good news is that Jesus Christ came down to this world, died on a cross to pay the price for our sins, and today, you and me, we have this opportunity to say, God, I have screwed up. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I want you to be my Lord. And we get forgiven in an instant. We get his spirit that begins to dwell inside of us, and it allows us to, to conquer things and go through things in life that we never thought we could. And the best news yet is we get heaven forever, and we don't have to earn it. We don't have to deserve it. We don't have to be good enough for it. And Jesus said, this is good news. It's why I came. I came to bring a slice of heaven down to earth. That's the kingdom. Now, the culture. I've heard culture defined like this. A culture is a specific way of walking and talking. It's how you, you, it's how you walk, it's how you talk, it's, it, it's your swag, it's, it's how you react, it's, right? Like, you, you know because you go to different cities and you can feel a different culture, can't you? That's why you go to some cities and everybody's waving and smiling at you, and you go to some cities and everybody's honking and giving you the bird, right? It's just a different culture. People are just walking and talking and acting and living and rolling differently. And the way a people group walks and talks, that's their culture. Well, church, this is our calling. Go ahead and put that next line up, would you? This is us. See, when we walk and talk with the kingdom of heaven in mind, we create a kingdom culture on earth. 
When you and I decide, I'm going to live my life with the kingdom of heaven in mind. I'm going to be here physically. I'm going to pursue my passions and calling what he puts in front of me. But there's a piece of my mind that's always focused on the kingdom of heaven. And it's going to change the way I walk. It's going to change the way I talk. And when I walk different and I talk different, the culture of my own soul starts to change. Now, everywhere I go, because I walk and talk with the kingdom of heaven in mind, every room I walk in, every court I step on, every house I enter, every dinner I sit down at, I bring part of this kingdom culture with me, right? Because I put my faith in Jesus. His spirit resides in me. I'm focused on his kingdom. It changes the way I walk and talk. So now it changes the culture I bring with me. And I bring a kingdom culture with me everywhere I go. That's what we're called to, to be, church. We are agents to bring slices of the kingdom of heaven to this world to help more people find Jesus, to see more people's lives change, and to make heaven more crowded. Can somebody say amen? All right, so I want to start living with the kingdom of heaven somewhere up in here. I want to start dividing part of my mental focus, part of my emotional focus, part of my Part of everything about who I am, I want it to, to be pointed towards heaven. How do I do that? Go ahead and put that up. We're going to get it. Today's a big, fat introduction to this whole kingdom culture idea. And here's what we're instructed by the word of God. To be the kind of people that bring a kingdom culture to this world, we're supposed to look for it, we're supposed to pray for it, and we're supposed to live with it in mind. That's who we are. We pray for it, we look for it, and we live with it in mind. First, we pray for it. There was a day when some of Jesus's best friends, his disciples, they were, they were hanging out and they were like, Jesus, we're, we're always watching you break away from the pack and go pray. We're always watching you break away from the crowd and go pray. And sometimes we don't know what you're doing over there. Sometimes we overhear part of it. I want to pray like you pray. And they said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bring it in, boys. He said, when you pray, Pray like this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He says, start out with some worship. That's why I always tell you, no matter what you're going through, throw some worship on it and watch what happens. He said, every time you start, just start worshiping. Hallowed be your name. And here it is. This is kingdom talk. Your kingdom come down here. I'm praying for it. And if you read this whole thing, this is a daily prayer. So daily, we're called to be the kind of people that on a daily basis say, God, would your kingdom come down to earth? And then he says, here's where it starts. It starts with you and me. Those of us who have already put our faith in Jesus, having the guts to pray this crazy prayer, God, would your will be done in my life? Would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? That's a gutsy prayer, isn't it? Jesus modeled this kind of prayer for us. Some of you know the story because you spent some time in the word of God or you've spent some time in church. But he has this dinner with his boys. And they know it's a weird dinner, but they did not know they were gonna be painted for the next 2,000 years when they showed up that night. They knew it was weird because Jesus is washing our feet and something's up and he's talking weird and he's got passing the wine over and we're doing a thing, and but like... For 2,000 years, we've been calling it the Last Supper. To them, they were going to dinner. And I've been in the room where they think this took place, and I've walked that winding sidewalk that goes all the way down from up there 
to the Garden of Gethsemane. I've been in it. This is not fairy tale church stuff. This is historical fact. I've been in it. And after dinner, he goes down to the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, guys, would you pray with me? Like, I got a lot on my mind. See, he's fully God, so he knows what's about to happen this weekend, but he's also fully man, so it scares him to death. He's fully God, so what he knows is, is I'm gonna be arrested before I leave this garden. And they're gonna take me to the whipping post, and they're gonna beat me nearly to death. And then they're gonna shove a crown of thorns in my head, and they're gonna put some timbers on my back, and I'm gonna march to the top of Golgotha. They're gonna take these nine-inch nails, and they're gonna put them through my wrists and through my feet, and they're gonna hang me on this cross, and I'm gonna die in the most humiliating and painful fashion known to man, and that's going down this weekend. The fully God part knows it's coming. The fully man part is scared to death. And so he says, I'm gonna pray. I know the battle. I know the battle. I know the battle is yours. God, I'm scared. Is there any way, Father, you could take this from me? And that's his prayer. That's Jesus. Listen to this prayer. Father, if you're willing, is there any way you take this cup from me? I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm in over my head. I feel like I'm literally facing more than I can actually handle. Like me and my wife had a moment recently where we went and sat out on the back porch and we're just like, I literally feel like I'm overwhelmed. How are we gonna handle it? COVID has caused more of us in the world to live with that pressure than any time that I've ever seen since I've been alive. I feel overwhelmed. I feel confused. I don't know what's next. Father, would you take this cup from me? But here's that prayer. Yet, not my will. Because see, I'm an ambassador of kingdom culture. So what do you want from heaven, from your vantage point, dad? What do you want to have happen in my life? Not your will, not my will, but yours be done. And I'm gonna take that with me, even on the hard days. That's a tough prayer, isn't it? It's gonna change your, the game in your prayer life if you start praying this way. Someone told me to start praying this way right when I gave my life to God. And, and I'll be honest, it scared me to death so much so that I didn't want to pray it. Because I was like, I don't know what he wants, and so I don't know that I want to invite that, right? And that's real, right? One of my boys, who will remain unnamed today, I'm feeling gracious, <laughs> has asked me 15 times in the last week for $12. 15 straight times I've said no. Because I know what it's for. It's 12 more dollars to a free video game called Fortnite. That's what it's for. I know what it's for. So 15 times I have said no. Do you know that not once this entire week has that unnamed child come to me and said, but dad, you know what? What do you want for me this week? What would you like me to do? Not once. And there's a bunch of you watching this, you're gonna be like, I know that, kids. Hashtag kids. I wonder if God were to get out the ledger of our prayers this week. I wonder if God were to get out the ledger of our prayers this month, maybe this year. And I wonder if he'd say, hey, look at this. 
Would you please, 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 dear God, help me, dear God, fix it, dear God, change it, dear God, would you please, would you please, would you please? And I wonder if God's like, not once this week has my son or my daughter said, hey, Dad, what do you want for me this week? And listen, this prayer that Jesus was teaching his best friends and then modeling, it's not for God's benefit, it's for ours. I'm telling you, the first time I prayed this prayer, I got a wife. It's true. I, had, I gave my life to God, and I did what every single man does who gets saved six seconds later. Prayed for a girl. Oh, God, girls, you do the same. Don't judge us. Single people, you know what I'm talking about. Red Rocks, young adults, I know the game. Yes, God, I'm all yours if you give me a wife. Dear God, I'm all yours. I, sh I need a husband, Father. A Christian one, a good one. We'll serve you together. And you talk, God, you give God the whole resume. Here, we'll do mission trips, God. Just bring them. And there was a girl that got saved about the same time as I did at this church. And we were introduced. And I had a real bad past dealing with a lot of lust and other issues. And she had a real bad past dealing with lust and a lot of other issues. And, and I thought, well, pff, we're going to be great for each other. We've both been saved 15 minutes. And we were starting to talk on the phone. And we both knew where this was headed. And I can remember exactly where I was standing. And I shot up the prayer, God, would you work this out? This just feels good. And as clear as day, I felt like God dropped a thought in my head. And it was like, mm-mm. You don't need a girl right now. You need me. Don't go out this weekend. I just knew it. I'm like, what the? And, and it sounds sexy to talk about now, but I, could, I, I literally remember that week. I know what I did that next Friday when we were supposed to go out, and I said no to a pretty Christian. That makes sense. I sat at my place by myself. It was Friday night, and I'm like, I hope you're happy, God. And I, I guess I'll read the Bible tonight. I read the whole book of Revelations. Jacked me up. I'm like, now I'm, now I'm lonely and got a bunch of questions. I blinked, and I went to a small group at our church, and a girl named Jill Jindra showed up to the small group, and now for the last 21 years, she has been Jill Johnson. And I'm telling you, when I prayed that prayer, I think my heavenly father was like, there you go, kid. This ain't for me. This is for you. I got plans for you that you don't know about. See, we say I want Ephesians 3.20. God, do things in my life I could never ask, think, or imagine. That means we want God to do things in our life that we would never have the knowledge to even pray about. The only way to start praying for that to happen is God not my will, but your will be done. That's what I want in my life. And listen, he's our father. We could go to him with any requests in the world. I never once want, want, would ask one of my kids, stop asking me for 12 bucks. I might keep saying no. I'm your dad. There's going to be days when you break me down. I'm going to give it to you even though I shouldn't. And then he keeps asking because that happens more times than not. I got every right to go to my father and go, here's what I want. Here's what I need. But I'm telling you, here's the game changer. God, here's what I want, but what I really want is what you want for my life. Would you send a little bit of the, the kingdom goals for my life down here to earth? Begin to change me from the inside out 
so I can take a little kingdom culture with me everywhere I go from this point forward. That's the kind of life we're living. Church, that's what we're pursuing. We wanna live this way. It starts with, we're supposed to pray for it. And then we start to look for it. You know, we're called to be people who look for the kingdom of God in the middle of our highs and in the middle of our lows. Matthew 6, seek the kingdom. This is, I gotta be looking for it. Seek, look for the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And I know some of you, some of you are like, well, that's the part that gets me, so I don't apply for this verse. It says live righteously. When you put your faith in Jesus, what's the word of God say? When I repent, he is faithful and just, will forgive me of my sins and purify me from all unrighteousness. I'm righteous today because I put my faith in Jesus, not because I've lived perfectly, and so are you. This verse applies to you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. If you've been around church for a minute, you've heard this verse. But what you might not know is the context of it. What's going on in that whole chapter? What's going on in that whole section? In just that section, I got out, I found a Bible. Someone gave me the coolest leather Bible. It looks all used and worn, makes you look spiritual even if you've never opened it. It's got my name on it. I don't know where it came from. It's just in my office. And so I opened it up literally for the first time that that Bible's ever been opened up, at least by me. And I read this verse in it. And the heading in that Bible above that verse, it says, do not be anxious. God's saying, this is the key to your anxiety. This will help you become less anxious. This will help you become less worried. This will help you become less confident. This will keep you from becoming more insecure. This is what you're looking for. Seek me first. Your problem is you're looking for everything that you think you could try to fix or that COVID might have broke or that hasn't worked out right. And, and that's not giving me stability. 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 So now I must be a wreck. And God's going, no, if you just seek my presence, I'll give you stability and confidence in every single area of your life. And so the key to this verse for me was like, how am I going to do that? Because I don't want, I love that some of the staff's here with us today and that they're fired up and I hope you're fired up at home. But what I don't want for our church family is for us to clap about this verse and have no idea how to do it tomorrow. How do I seek God's presence? And I'm like, man, this question's big. So I'm going to the top of the theology food chain. I'm gonna go ask somebody who I think is a theological, straight up scholar and so I asked my 11-year-old son. We were on our way to football. I said, Ash, he gave me permission to share this. I said, Ash, there's this verse in the Bible that says, seek first the kingdom of heaven or this kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you or he will take care of everything else you need. It depends on the translation. I said, what do you think that means? And he goes, oh, it just means put, put God first, Dad. Hey, there's something to have faith like a child and it'll change your life. He says, just put, just put God first, Dad. I had just been told I could play sports back in the day, so I was still trying to figure all that out, but I was listening to my son, and I'm like, I go, okay, I go, Ash, how do you do that? Without hesitation. I mean, without even like blinking. He goes, I put on worship music, I read the Bible, I pray, I go to church. And he looked out the window like, duh. <laughs> if we could have faith like a child, it's gonna change some of our lives. Why do we make it so hard to get in the presence of God when it's just not? 
when he's given us all these many ways. He's like, oh, you're not a reader? That's okay, throw on a song. Oh, you're not a music guy? That's okay, read a verse. Oh, you're not a reading guy? Okay, hop in a group, get a watch party, get some community. Oh, you're not that? Turn on a service. Like, get in my presence, I'll start to change your life. And I asked my son, we were driving to football, and I said, Ash, when you do that, I go, how does it make you feel? And I wanna, I wanna quote this theologian correctly. He said, I feel better when I do. What he didn't know is he was quoting more scripture. See, 1 Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek the presence of God continually and you will begin to live with an inner strength and an inner security and an inner confidence. You'll start to feel good in ways that you haven't before because the word of God just promises us, if you'll seek my kingdom, if you'll seek time with me, if you'll seek my presence, I'll change you from the inside out. I'll change the culture of your own soul, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, so much so that now everywhere you go, you're gonna start bringing my kingdom culture with you. We can do that. So church, I want to challenge you this week. Spend one day going to God in prayer and saying, not what I want today. God, what do you want from me? And I'm going to just spend time with you and watch what happens. We're supposed to pray for it. We're supposed to look for it. And the last one is we're supposed to live with it in mind. Paul's talking to some friends in Philippi. Excuse me. He started a church and then he sends him back this letter and what he didn't know is God was actually inspiring his words and was gonna put it in his Bible to use to encourage us 2,000 years later. So we now call it the book of Philippians. To him, it was a letter. He's talking to some people that he loves. He says, I wanna help you get it because life is really hard and life gets crazy and it gets uncertain and sometimes you don't know what to do next, right? And so he says, I wanna I want want help you live differently now that you're, put your faith in Jesus, says, so, for as I have often told you before, which means he tells them all the time, he reminds them all the time it's that important. And I'm now telling you again, even, even with tears. Thank you, Paul, I'm not the only one. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. There's a whole bunch of people that spend their whole life straight arming God. Just don't need you, just don't want you. He says, unfortunately, their destiny is destruction, eternal separation from God. That's what he's talking about. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. They don't understand how to live with the kingdom of heaven in mind. All they know how to do, and if we're not careful, we'll fall into this trap, is focus on the things that I can hear and touch and see and taste and smell right in front of me. To focus on the bad news right in front of me. To focus on the Instagram feed that's going on right now, right in front of me. That's all I do. I just focus on the here and now. And I just look at all the bad stuff. They just got their minds stuck on earthly things. But us, we live differently. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. You can take it down, that's all I need. He's saying, listen, you don't actually live where you live. You're just passing through. You're just there for a minute. The Bible says this life is like a, like a mist. It's here today, gone tomorrow, boom, gone, time flies. He said, but eternity, see, it's forever. Where you really live is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. You're not playing a game. Heaven is real. God is real. Jesus is coming back for you. And no matter what you're facing right now, you're just passing through and you're going to be in heaven for all of eternity. 
It's not a game. I went to Alabama last summer, and, and as many of you know, I was really struggling with anxiety. I took some time off work. I couldn't get it under control, and I'm sitting down with my pastor, Pastor Chris, and I, and I was just telling I was just laying out the laundry list of my complaints, which right now, in 2020, we all have one, a laundry list of complaints and things we don't know about and we don't understand and we're confused by. And so I'm laying it out, and I'm just like, man, there's some tough stuff going on at work, and tough stuff relationally, and tough stuff with my family, and I can't get this anxiety under control, and the church's, the church's finances aren't looking good at this minute. We got a lot of employees, and I don't know what's going to happen, and now I can't even go to work. I got to take some time off, and is the whole thing going to fall apart? I don't know what's going to, and I'm just, I'm, I can, man, I can throw professional level pity parties, and he just sat back for a second, and he goes, <clears throat> I want to tell you about the happiest person I've ever met in my entire life. He says, my father-in-law. His father-in-law was a go-getter. His father-in-law did big things. Huge kingdom impacting things. Which means he also dealt with a whole lot of bad days on huge levels. They just, they, they go hand in hand, right? High influence comes with high opposition from the enemy. It causes a high level of bad days which means we need to remind ourselves a whole lot of times about the reality that my citizenship is not here, it's there. And so he said, he said, I saw him go through some tragic things, some so hard things, and he would just like, hardly, hardly, a smile barely left his face. And he said, I would ask him, I would go, how in the world are you not losing your mind right now? How in the world are you not freaking out? How are you okay with this? And he said, he had this little saying, because we'd always talk about someday we're going to heaven. And he had this little saying, and he'd always say, hey, it didn't turn out the way I hoped. Is it going to matter in 100 years? We're going to heaven, right? So, I mean, in 100 years, does it matter? A 1,000 years, we're going to be there that long, does it matter? On year 10,000, on our 10,000th anniversary in heaven, is that going to matter? And so he, he, things would go really bad, and he'd go, Psh, forget about it. It won't matter in 100 years. We are so focused on the here and now that it almost feels foreign to talk about the reality of heaven, doesn't it? Jesus is coming back, church. And those of us who have put our faith in him, we're going to heaven for all of eternity. If you don't have one single penny or you, a, you are a multi-billionaire right now, it won't matter in 100 years. If you own every house in your state or you are homeless, it won't matter in 100 years. If that relationship that you really hope gets reconciled, if it doesn't, it won't matter in 100 years. If you lose the job, it won't matter in 100 years. If school doesn't ever start up again, it won't matter in 100 years. You see what I'm saying? Like, take your biggest worry. Take your biggest fear won't matter in a hundred years. We don't live here. We got some things and we got some drama and we got a calling. I'm gonna love God and love people. I'm gonna point people to Jesus as best I can in the here and now, but this isn't, I'm just passing through. My citizenship is in heaven. When we live that way, it changes the way we react and walk and talk, which changes the culture we create around us. I was in Kansas a couple weeks ago. Some would call Wichita a metroplex. Heaven, some would call. Yeah, some would, some would. They are, they have issues, but they would. 
I was in Wichita, Kansas, where I am from, and you can't make this up. I swear God lets things happen to me, so I have good sermon illustrations. I'm on the highway with my whole family, and, and, and this lady's trying to merge onto the highway. And it's like, it's pretty heavy traffic. It's not like I-25 rush hour traffic, but it's like for Wichita, Kansas, there's a good amount of cars on the road. And, and so I'm seeing her come on to the merge, and here I am. And what I notice is, because I'm aware and alert while I drive, I'm, I was gonna say something, but nope. And um, what I notice is there's a whole line of cars behind me. Like she's gonna have a real hard time merging in behind me, but there's nobody in front of me. You know what? I'm just in a generous mood. I'm gonna let her merge in front of me because you know we do the opposite. You know we do the, oh no, you don't. (laughs) Right? But I'm feeling good. And so I'm like, you know what? I hit the brakes. Please, after us. Well, she didn't get the communication. And so as I slowed down, she slowed down. So now we're still right next to each other. So I'm like, oh, that didn't work. And now I like, I either speed up or I don't know what to do. And so I slow down almost to a stop. I'm like, I'm going to make it so obvious. I'm here to serve, please. Well, as I slow down almost to a stop, she slows down almost to a stop. What I was trying to do was be nice. She took it as, I was going out of my way not to let her on the highway come hell or high water. She drives up next to us, gives us the most passionate bird you've ever seen and starts throwing things out of her car at our car. My whole family is my witness. Whatever she threw first, scratched and left a little dent on the car. My son Ashton claims it was a banana. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. Maybe, maybe a banana at 75 does that to a car, but she literally pulled up and she goes. And I was like, I didn't, guys, I suffer from a lot of things and road rage is one of them. Actually, life rage is one of them. And, and like, like the first time I ever preached a sermon as a licensed minister, literally on the way home, someone didn't act right at a four-way stop. I got out of my car and tried to get in a fist fight with them. That's real, Chad, you were there. Chad was with me. Like this is not my thing. You throw something at the car, my head's going to come right off the top of my shoulders in revenge. She threw a banana or some, a bowling ball or something at the car. I start laughing. It made her even madder. Here comes a hairbrush. Here comes a compact case. She throws like three different things, and I'm just laughing. My wife's like, Sean, stop, Sean. I'm like, I can't help it. It's funny. Normally, I pull up. I hit the brakes. I do the thing. We're burdened back. We got a whole routine that I do, okay? One of my kids was like, Dad, you didn't even lose it because they've seen me lose it. Dad, you didn't even lose it. How come? And without thinking, I go, because I don't have to live here anymore. This ain't my spot. I'm going to higher elevation. (laughs) My home is at mile high, 5280. That's where I live. You can do whatever you want, mean, here. I don't live here. I'm just passing through. And it changed the way I reacted to the whole situation. Because what I know is I'm just here for a second, and this is really where I live church, if we could start to funnel our biggest fears through that lens, if we could start to funnel our biggest worries through that lens, 
I have no idea how this is gonna work out. And I'm so scared about the house. Man, I'm so scared about the job. I'm so scared about the relationship. None of this makes sense to me. I don't, if you could filter every single one of those worries through the lens of, but I'm just passing through, yeah, it sucks, and it's not what I was looking for today, but it's not that big of a deal because I don't live here anyways. I'm just passing through. I got the Spirit of God in me. I'm going to heaven for all of eternity. Man, come on up. Listen, and I'm not just telling you like good, practical, biblical principles that I don't know anything about. I'm telling you today about something I'm living through right now. The reason I was in Kansas is because a couple weeks ago, me and my family were there for my mom's funeral. And it was, we were there about a week before that to say goodbye to her. And it was one of the harder things that I've ever done. And I, did, it, I didn't even see it coming. Like, I didn't think it would be as hard as it was for me. And it wasn't the funeral that was the hard part for me because I already knew she was in heaven. It was when we were saying our goodbyes. And we're in this hospital room and, and I watched my boys say goodbye for their last time to Giba. That's what they call my mom. And it wrecked me. And then I watched my wife say goodbye for the last time. And that's when I lost it. And then I sat in this room with my mom, just me and her. And we were holding hands. We were saying our I love yous. And oh, I'm really sorry for that time. And is there anything else we need to clean up? And you know, you do all this stuff. It was this crazy moment of looking in my mom's eyes. And like the last thing that we said to each other was, I love you. I'll see you in heaven hand. I said, I love you. And I see in heaven. And that's our reality, church. It's not fancy church talk. That's our reality. Like, I'm a blink, and I'm going to see my mom in heaven, and things are going to be perfect. And some of you are struggling through the loss of loved ones. You're going to blink, and you're going to be back in their arms for eternity in heaven. I know it's hard right now. It won't matter in a hundred years. Yes, you can. You got the Spirit of God inside of you. You can get through anything. Greater is he who is within you than he that is in this world. And no weapon formed against you, not even the death of a loved one, is going to prosper. Yes, you can. You're just passing through. I'm going to see you in heaven because that's where I'm going. Put that recap slide up. This is our introduction to kingdom culture, church. I'm going to do this life with the reality of God's kingdom so in focus that I'm going to pray for it. God, what do you want from me this week? Not the other way around. I'm going to look for it. I'm going to go out of my way to seek presence, seek his presence, seek time in the presence of my God because it's going to change me from the inside out. And I'm going to live with the reality of his kingdom in mind. I'm just passing through. Church, what I'm telling you, this was such a good reminder for me this week as I started to realize as a pastor how little I actually focus on the reality of the kingdom that I'm headed to for eternity. I bet you do the same. 
I bet you get so wrapped up in the here and now that we forget there's actually a God that we can't see right now and he's fighting for us in the here and now. He's got our futures in the here and now completely under control. We gotta let him fight these battles with the understanding that he's with me right now and on just on the other side of everything I'm going through right now, I got heaven forever with my creator. That's where I'm headed and that changes the game for how I live until I get there. Somebody say amen. God, I thank you that you're speaking to every single one of us right now about our worries, about our fears, about our heartache, about our sense of loss in many different areas of life. And God, I just pray for strength and encouragement right now. Your word says that when we seek your presence, there is a supernatural strength and a supernatural joy and a supernatural confidence that begins to fill us up from the inside out. And we're about to sing this song talking about the things of heaven. And as we do, God, I pray that the things of heaven would become this unbelievable reality for every single one of us, that every single disappointing thing that we've been through, are going through, and will go through will be justified and corrected for the rest of eternity because that's where our citizenship lies in the kingdom of heaven that we're headed to. In Jesus' name. With everybody's eyes closed, I want to ask two questions and give you a chance to respond. And I want you to respond at home. I want you to respond if you're by yourself or with some family members or at a watch party. The first question is this, I already have a relationship with Jesus, but I know I have been so caught up in what I'm dealing with in the here and now that I have forgotten about the reality of the kingdom of heaven. And today you just say, God, would you give me your grace and your strength to not only get through today, but keep where I'm headed in mind. If that's you right now, raise your hand and I'm just gonna say a prayer for you. Praise God. Come on, raise them up wherever you're at, at home, at work, in the car, wherever, on a treadmill, who cares who's watching? Keep one hand on the rail. Second question is this, you don't have a relationship with God yet, but you know this is my moment. I didn't know what I was getting into. What I've just experienced, not because of Red Rocks Church, but because of the God of the universe connecting with my heart right now has blown my expectations out of the water. I know right now I need to give my life to God. Some of you know it, you can feel it in your heart. This is my time. I need to repent of my sins and let him fill my life with his spirit so he can change me from the inside out and I get heaven forever. If that's you right now, wherever you're at, raise a hand physically. If you're watching on a screen on a platform that offers it, click that raise a hand button right now. We're gonna start praying for you. It's the best decision you've ever made your entire life. Everything about your life is changing in this moment. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us to make this moment possible. I thank you that you are our reality, that your kingdom is our reality, that your promises are our reality, that your presence is our reality. And I pray that we begin to live with that in mind above every issue that's staring us in the face right now. And God, for everybody who just gave their life to you, on behalf of every single one of them, I say thank you. Thank you so much, God. We love you so much. We're so honored to now spend this time as family and friends worshiping you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Wherever you're at, I want to challenge you to literally begin to worship. If you want to worship sitting down, worship sitting down. But if standing up gets you in the mood, stand up, put your hands up, let's go after it, and let's worship our amazing God for who He is. Amen? Let's worship.